0: Another episode of Heroes of the Land. It's a little bit different. We didn't have a farmer. We have my grandfather, Rabbi Shmuel Bloom, who's been involved many years with Karen Ashvies. Now, you know, helping farmers, supporting farmers, and uh, bringing more and more farmers to uh, keep Shemitah. So before we start with uh, Karen Ashvias, maybe tell us just a little bit more about Shemitah, uh, kind of like the deeper meaning of Shemitah. What is it outside of the practical, you know, you're not allowed to plow, you're not allowed to grow, but like what, what's the meaning of it?
1: Well, Shemitah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, is uh, Shabbos. The same meaning Shabbos, Shabbos every seventh day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says we have to say Eidus, we have to give testimony to the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world in six days and he rested on the seventh. Eretz Israel is a special land, and Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael is a special land and Eretz Yisrael is a land that also needs a Shabbos, that every seventh year it has to rest. The Ramban says it doesn't mean because naturally in the United States also you have to change the land, the, the, the vegetation, the things that you grow take different mineral, minerals out of the ground in order to be able to grow. So what they do is they rotate crops. One year they have... Uh, one year they have wheat and they'll, they you have their barley and, and other times they'll put vegetables. They use different things in the land in order not to take all the minerals or they'll rotate. Sometimes they'll plant on one area, other times another area. But if that was the reason, says the Ramban, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu would have said every seventh year, one-seventh of every soil should rest and, and take it easy. His, HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't say that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that the purpose of Sh- Shemitah is to give Eidos that Ha-Kod- Eretz Yisrael is Hakodesh Boruch's land. It's a different type of land. And one farmer told me just recently he says, In the whole world, they rotate crops and so on. We plant the same thing every year. It's somebody makes some changes. Some farmers do make some changes. But he says, he's, And in the sixth year, he has the best produce. He says the sixth year when the land should be weakest because it's been you're giving out the the, the produce for all those six years. He says it turns out to be to be the best the best crops. So this is a, a, a special land. Eretz is a is a land um, that's that's not natural. Um, the two thousand years of Gullus, nothing would grow in Eretz soil. Mark Twain was here in the late 1880s and late 1800s, and he said it's such a desolate land. Is this the land of Solomon? Is and so he beautifully writes he says it's desolate because there were no Jews here, because the Jews didn't live in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael responds to to to, to the to the to to to, to and it's Hakadosh Baruch land. So Hakadosh Baruch says if you want the land, in fact that's one of the conditions for. Staying in Eretz Yisrael, one of the Golus comes from major Averis like Araias, but it also comes from Shemitah, because HaKadosh Baruch says, it's my land. As long as you say it's my land, and you show that it's my land, then you can stay there. But if you think it's your land, and you can do whatever you want, and you're not going to rest there in the seventh year, not going to have the Shabbos of the land, then I say, then then you can't, there. then you have Golus. So this Shemitah, this mitzvah of Shemitah is a mitzvah of Amunah and Bitochen. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, the pernos that you have, the, 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 the that which you grow, the food that you eat, it's coming from me. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving. When we rest in the seventh year and we leave the land fallow, we're saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we believe that the land is your land, and we believe that Tepernosa comes from you. In fact, people ask me, it's such a beautiful mitzvah, why not Kodesh Prokha only give it to farmers?
0: Such a it's, small percentage it's, it's, of people. It's,
1: it's, at the time that uh, the was living, in the by Esrish and by Es-Sendi, most people was in agricultural society, most people lived on, on the land. But now we don't, so why does not Kodesh Prokha give such a mitzvah to everybody? And I answered, well, after thinking about it, I answered how Kodesh did. It's called Shemitah Shkosofim. If you loan somebody money, when it comes the seventh year, you're not allowed to collect it. You're not allowed to go after him and collect it. And because HaKodesh Baruchah says the money is mine. And if this person has it, if he can't afford to give it back to you, say so I'll find other ways to give it to you. Is it the, like, like he said by Shemitah, what are we going to eat in the 70s? I'll give my Baruch don't worry about it, I'll take care of you. He says, it's coming from me anyway." what's the difference? So by loaning money, you gave money to a poor person, you loaned them some money, comes a Shemitah, he doesn't have you the money to pay back. HaKadosh Baruch says, look, it's my money, bin Muna, bitochen, he says, let him keep it, don't, don't try to collect the money. But we couldn't be Omid bin Nisoyan. People stopped loaning money. So the Chazal had to make a pruzbul. Had to make a pruzbul that if you give it over to Bez, then you're able to collect it because we couldn't be Omid bin Nisoyen. But can you imagine the nisoyon of the farmers who have to give up their Panosah for the year, who give up their work for the year, and all of a sudden just Stop. Like we do Shabbos one day a week. It's, it's it's for some people it's hard but once you have the Shabbos, it doesn't stop. You can't you know you can't do it without it. You can't live without it. That's the way farmers are beginning to realize that it's a Shabbos. And yeah, the Amuna the Bitochen, they give it over there with great Messirous Nefesh.
0: You mentioned, you know, beautiful miracles that on the sixth year it you know, that's the most famous one that, you know, on the sixth year you're gonna have three times the amount for the sixth, seventh. And eighth year now you know previous episodes we spoke to farmers, we see that you know there's many different types of miracles. each person you know different things happens to them. So what are some of the like biggest I'm sure you met you know thousands of farmers over the years, and you know heard incredible stories. but what are like one or two miracle stories that really stand out?
1: Probably the most famous one was the the locust that came from Egypt, Kameus had just started, and they had just started opening a farm and um th- they were poor, didn't have very much. And all of a sudden the locusts were coming is they had planned before before Shemitah. And that's a little bit proud that they would have had. And uh all of a sudden locusts were coming. They came, they ran in the middle of the night. They, rode, they woke up the rover of Mendelssohn and, and said, There's a locust coming. He says, turns over, he says, It's a Shemitah year. He says, Baruch, we took care of Shemitah, Hakodish is gonna take care of us. He went back to sleep. And the locusts came up to the gates of Kameemius, and made a left turn. They left, went right away, and not one. There was one locust actually that came into Kameemius. It was on the truck, the mail truck, and all the children, people who were children at the time, told me that they saw is the mail truck had some locusts on it. Is it, the mailman came with with his truck had locusts on it. Otherwise, the locusts left all the crops alone. Is that's one of the the uh, the uh, famous stories I I, uh, um, uh, I saw in outside of Tiferia, the year when there was a, a farmer who had a banana farm, who had um, uh, acres and acres and acres of, of bananas. They had made a contract with Bnei Brak to be the Otsa all his bananas were going to the Otsa and the Bnei Brak. And maybe we'll talk about what the Otzebez in later time, but he was providing the bananas for the city of Bnei Brak for the Yerushmita. Giant farm. And he called the one who was in charge, Rabbi Zubel, he Bell, he was in charge of Otzebez and the Bnei Brak, and he says, "Coroness, And this happened. And uh, on Thursday, this was on Thursday, from my Tzor Shabbos, I was in a meeting with Rabbi Esri and he says, I like, got a call from the farmer, he says, Koranes. So I said, "What kind of nest?" He says, "There was a frost, and all the bananas in the area all froze." But he went out to his field, assuming that his bananas also froze, and he looks there, and they didn't freeze. So I said, "I wanted to see it." So that was my Shabbos. I was in meeting with Rabbi Zubel, and he ranged on Sunday morning. We went to Benay Brak. We took a car, went up north, and sure enough, in the whole area, you see all the banana trees are black. Because they froze and they got ruined, and when they came to his farm, they were green. wasn't ripe yet. It was green, but they were still on the tree. I took them off the tree. There was one a little bit yellow. I took and I ate the banana. It is the 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 bananas the, we're, we're, were available? So so um, Can you see, yeah. these are also
0: like two bananas, fields. Like they're near each other. It's not like you know two separate areas. They're you know right? very close to each other. One and, next, and just,
1: but one kept shemitah and one didn't keep shemitah. I was. Um, by uh, Bukiadiri, Adiri, a farmer in the South. And uh, he has goats and, and, and sheep. And he has, uh, the, he grows wheat for feed, to, to barley, to so on for feed for the animals. Uh, and that's what he keeps Shemitah on. And one year in Shemitah I was by his farm. And the calves, the young goats, use whatever they, they're called, um, the young babies, the baby goat and sheep, were nursing by their mother. And he asked them, um, uh, and he asked me, how many babies do you see by each mother? And I looked around, and most of them had three. Some had two. And he tells me that usually sheep or goats have single babies. Occasionally, they have some twins. In the sixth year Almost all his sheep and goats had triplets. Wow. Vitsi visi es le l'shloh shashanim. He gave the brocha for three years.
0: And this is just on one Shemitah or it happened? This to...
1: is what happened on one Shemitah. Right? Wow. Other Shemitah, he said he had other miracles. But all the farmers feel a brocha. Now sometimes the bracha is is financial. They see great crops in the sixth year, um, triplets, triplets on the frost goes and 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 doesn't uh, and, and doesn't harm their crops, but very often the brocha is not financial. Sometimes they see the bracha in the family. Sometimes they see the brocha in the gesund. Um For a lot of the farmers, they don't see. It. In fact, uh, there was a group that came to prime konevsky say the today. He came to Rav Chaim Konevsky and asked him, he says, why do you have to have Keren HaShviyas? Why do have to raise money for the farmers? As the Torah says, "Vitzivisi as Manocha, V'Chana, Shana, Shviyas. So if you're going to ask what's going, on, going to eat, right? How are you going to have Parnassah? Uh, V'Tzivisi, is My Kodesh says, I'll give you three, I'll give you triplets. Is, is, uh, I have. It. So why what do, what do we have to raise money for? It was a group that came from England, actually. And Rav Chaim Konevsky told them that Shemitah is such a, a, a special mitzvah. And there was a time that everybody in agriculture, so everybody had the mitzvah. But today, very few, for less than one percent of the people, are farmers. So Hakadosh Baruch wants everybody to participate in the mitzvah. So Hakadosh Baruch who sent the bracha to England. He says, "All well, you had good parnose in England. Hakadosh Baruch sent you as the bracha for the farmers, for you to bring it to the farmers there in Eretz so you can also participate in the mitzvah."
0: Oh, so now, like you said, you know, back in the day. Everyone used to have, you know, vegetables, wheat for bread that, you know, they used to grow it in their backyards. So everyone had it now. there's a little bit, but you could still participate in supporting it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And is there, like you mentioned with the bananas, is that the crops around them that weren't keeping Shemitah, they froze, meaning they lost, you know, the whole older bananas. Are there other big major stories that, that you witnessed or heard about people who weren't keeping Shemitah that like, the opposite of a nice happened.
1: Well, recently, just read in in, in in the newspapers that tens of, this year, tens of thousands of tons of carrots and other vegetables in Erich's soil are being destroyed. The people didn't keep Shemitah, and they had a nice crop, and they have to destroy it. Why have to destroy it? Because they export to Russia and Ukraine. And because of the war, there's no market. They can't export there. So they have to destroy it. So they worked, they invested the money, they put the time in, they put a plant as they planted, and now they, they get nothing from it. But I'll tell you, Yosef, uh, Rafi Mor Yosef, is a farmer in the south. He was one of the first people who kept Shemitah. We'll talk about the beginning of, of, of Karen HaShviyas and so on. Rev Mendelssohn and his family convinced him to keep Shemitah. And it was it's very hard at that time, very few farmers kept Shemitah. And uh, it's explain to somebody, close down your business for a year and then the Ben is going to help, it, 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 it's not so easy. So he was interested. He said, fine, I'm, I'm, I'll keep it. And he was makabel And came Tishrei, Cheshven, Kislev. The debt started piling up. He didn't see yet the bracha. He didn't see the, the banks were calling. He didn't have any money. So he said he has no choice. He was neder, and he did mechira, and he planted potatoes. And he planted his whole field full of potatoes. And he would check it every as it went, you know, it takes a few months just for it to grow, he would check it. So finally came time to harvest it. He had, he invested the money to the, the time, the money, the to to plant. And he came and he Picked up the what it goes to harvest. Went to harvest the potatoes, and he looked, and they were all black. They had burnt in the grounds. So he said, "That's a message from Akhav broch. Bro. What and happened says, to them? Is it- we don't know. We don't know what happened to them. But the, that was the the uh, um, the, the answer. So now this is his seventh shemitah, the seventh wow. or eighth shemitah that he's keeping now, and he keeps him serious nefesh. He also has a a, a lemon orchard. And one Shemitah, the lemons grew very beautifully. And he made arrangements with Erzebezen to be able to he'd be able to pick it and 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 not sell he can't sell the 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 lemons, but he can get his expenses back from the bezden. They asked people to buy it, buy Erzobezin, it's pay, it's Katusha has per so point around Band, you mitzvah with of, of 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 Achilles uh, per And but you have to eat it carefully, you have to know how to eat it. Um fine. So he made a deal. An Arab knocks on his door. He opens the door. And the Arab says to him, I see your lemons. I'd like to buy them from you. So he said, I'm sorry, it's a Shemitah year, I don't own it. It's Hefker. I mean, it's a bezna. So the Arab leaves and comes back about an hour later. Baruch Hashem, not with a gun, right? but he comes back with a suitcase, and he takes the suitcase. He opens it up and he takes on his t- on, on on Rafi's table. He takes out a batch of ten thousand shekel, and he puts it on the table, and then he takes another ten thousand shekel, and puts it on top of that one. He takes another 10,000 shekel, puts it on top of that, 30,000 shekel. He keeps piling up from the suitcase the money until he puts a, on the table 300,000 shekel. And he says, I'd like to buy your lemons. And Rafi tells me, You know what I could do with 300,000 shekel, <laughs> especially in our Shmita here? But I said, I'm sorry. It's not mine, it's Hakkadish This is his. Year, this is his land, and I don't own it. It's hefker. I can't take any money from it. So that's the type of serious nefesh that you have some from from some of the farmers Um, uh, to be able with this. But but it all started because of the potatoes.
0: So what? So what? is Aitzer uh, Besdin and uh, Hetter Machiro. So there is the uh, like the other different types of uh, ideas and stuff that go around. Uh, so Shemitah
1: So so in practical terms, Hetter The farmers tell me, he just somebody comes, they ask them to sign the contract, and and then they do everything the same as, as they did before. That the was originally set up um, by some by some because it was sarcastic. it was simply because if they wouldn't have food during the seven year they didn't see obviously the Nisim and they had to save their lives and be able to as as uh, Ra cook said in in one of his uh, the letters he said <speaking in Hebrew> that you Sometimes you have to, if somebody is sick on Shabbos, you're Mechal Shabbos to save his life because you're going to be Mechal one Shabbos, and he's going to keep many Shabbos. He's going to live on. But as one farmer said to me, but how many Shabbos do we have to be Mechal? And when do we start keeping the Shabbos? He says, now the situation is the, the economy is different. The situation is different. The Israelis aren't going to starve. They're going to be lots of other places where you can get there is." And now it's time to be able to to keep, so that's the Heter Mechira. Um, more and more farmers are coming around to doing Shemitah uh, Kihilchasa, they say. <laughs> they call it Shemitah Kihilchasa, some call it Shemitah Khumra, Eizah <laughs> Kihilchasa, but they do it and because they see that it can be done. More
0: H-H-Hater Mechira is basically they used to partner with the they, so it's as the, if the it's a non-Jew, the government still, the, the government still,
1: yeah, the government still does that. When they go, they 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 signed a contract with with an Arab or with a Russian uh, who's not Jewish, and now it's your, your land, but but it has no practical difference. They the, even with het you're not allowed to work the land, you're not allowed to. do Yeah, they treated uh, the 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 farmers do. Everything that they did before, they ignore it. Just made a signature, and then they go back into regular business. Nothing happens, so that's it's questionable. Even the original heter that we were under certain circumstances and so on, whether that's being followed. So and also really, now you
0: don't really need to rely on it. You could you know import from other places, and, right?
1: So na- now yeah. the farmers look at it as 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 a joke, as as a fake. You know, they want me to sign something. I'll sign something, but it's really for the most part, it's just, it's not really a serious. Um, uh, uh, Chomets, we're we're, we're going to sell the chametz. Chametz, we're going to sell it to a guy. Even if we sell those people, even sell chametz gomer, right? You sell real chametz. You sell it to a guy. You lock it up. You, so, you, 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 you sign it over to him. You make all the proper them You know, if the guy would come in the middle of Pesach and say, "Can I have my chametz? Where's my chametz?" What would you do?
0: You have to give it to you him. Give it to, you give it to him.
1: You give it to him. And after Pesach, he has to pay for it. That's part of the contract. He has to pay for it afterwards if he takes the Chomets during Pesach. But it's, real, it's his Chomets. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I don't want a Jew to own Chomets on Pesach. And a Jew is not owning Chomets on Pesach. On here, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I want the land to rest. And even if you sell it to a Goy, Klemish, he says, the land is not resting. He says, You're still working the land. Ha-Kadosh Baruch Hu wants the Shabbos of the land.
0: It's so less of a mitzvah on the person working, it's more it's a, a, on, a mitzvah on to the land. Allow or it's, the shofso There are actually two
1: mitzvahs. There's a karmachal le your kerem you shouldn't prune. It has to be karma your field, that's the farmer. That's the mitzvah of farmer. But the mitzvah of shofso oretz, to the land should rest, that's on klaiosol. Everybody has to the mitzvah says everybody has a as a shudah. if i can see to it that land should rest even if it's not my land is that's my mitzvah he says so so have again but in terms of hatamachira is the the difference is because it's gavra and right the first one doesn't have the khamitz but but over here the land is not resting it's a mitzvah on on the land that's in terms of of ma'chira. in terms of bezn, there's a tsefta which says that people the 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 fruit is hefker, fruit that grows by itself. It's something that you have to plant in order to grow. Wheat, barley, vegetables, and so on. All these things that uh, that's also the, in, in in the Chazal and in, in in the Shalmi. What happened was, if it grows by itself, it's called sfeichim. Something that grows by itself, then there's no there's the the it's there's not no You didn't plant it. So, it but... has shviyas, but you didn't plant it. It's not osa. However, what happened was in the time of the Gemara that there were people already then who planted, and when they came to market, they wanted to sell it. They said, Oh, it grew by itself. Right? So it's. So the Chachamim made a that all Svihim are also. I'm allowed to eat a shviyas, but I'm not allowed to eat shviyas. Things which grow, which are, have to be planted in order to grow, wheat, barley, vegetables. So on these Meaning things. Meaning, like
0: let's say an apple. You have a tree, and then each year you have more and more apples. Right, the so, apples come by itself. So you so don't have to come do anything by itself. But right. wheat, you need to plant that every That's, single right, year. To...
1: Right. right. So those things that you have to plant have a din of smichim, even if it grows on shemitah, sh- as a din of smichim, and you have to um, and 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 you're not allowed to eat It's also to eat. Rabbi there's a Mahmar Varsha says you have to Kashir Kalim. If you use Svihim in, in, in the Kalim, if you cook with them, he says he says you have to Kashir Kalim. So Svicham are also, but Pai Shviya not. So you have the apples that are growing in the field. And the tefka. Anybody can come and take the apples, anybody wants to come. The apples, what he has the ability to come and take it, no problem. But the apples or the bananas are up in Tverya, near Tverya, beyond Tverya. And I live in your Shalim. For me to go to get those apples or to get those bananas, um, it's going to take me a day. You're not allowed to take a harvest, the whole field. You're allowed to take for the, for a few days for your family, how much you're allowed to take you know, for, for, for gimel this for your family, for a couple of days. So people weren't going to go all the way to the field to get it. It's not so, worth it. Already. And if they it's did, if they brought back it. more, so... At they had a guard at the end at the entrance to the city, at the time of the Chazal, had a guard at the entrance. There, he says the amount that he's allowed to take, he took the rest. They put into an ursabesin, and ursabesin Besin took charge. They opened up a storehouse, and they took <clears throat> all of the ve- the fruits that people brought by themselves, or they could bring, and they put them in separate. So what developed from that was the concept that if Besin goes to the farmer and says, do me a favor for the tzibur, is harvest your apples. I'll pay for the cost, not for the apples, but I'll pay for the, your expenses, for bringing it to, to, um, to, 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 to market, to bring where the people are. And he says, to bring it to market, and there I'll give it to people, give it the fruit for free, but I'll charge them for the expenses. Mm-hmm. Bezun is allowed to charge. And it's the like he needed
0: to trek to travel it. The guy yeah. spent time, you know, harvesting that, apples and
1: right. So the benefit to the farmer is that he pays his workers, right? He can pay his workers and so on. He doesn't get profit from it, but at least it's some activity and he does it and he and 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 and, and he does get it. And for the people, because if it's done right, then it's a bezun should be a lot less expensive than than normal vegetables. Unfortunately, is it
0: taco that way.
1: Unfortunately, there are cases where the, the people who organize their itzebesen aren't good businessmen. So they spend a lot more money than if there are four and each one comes back with a quarter of truck, right? It costs as much. A businessman knows how to it. There are people who try to, to, to organize it in the better ways that it should really end up cheaper. And in some places it does. Very often it does. And you go, you can't sell it in a regular store. It's not a sale. So people sell it out of their house, so they open little stores in B'nai Brak. they have um stores open special for that to to provide that He says so that's the concept of Artbesin the and then you're eating peshvi he says the, which you have to eat it only in the normal way that to be eat, eaten you're not allowed to take for instance, I spoke to a farmer the other day the the uh uh, when they have leftovers. They have too much. They give to the animals. You're not allowed to. Michael adam, you can't give it to Kalusha You can't give to the animals. You have to eat it yourself. If it's Michael Behemoth, you can't, you to eat it. It has to be done. Um, people don't like to use Peirish because they're afraid that they won't treat it properly. Um, the wine companies make Ertz Bezden wine, but people don't want to buy it because, for instance, after you make Havdola on the wine, you want to take some of the wine and pour out the the candle. Yes, you're not allowed to with perishvias, right? So people don't know these halachas, and the, but really it's 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 a shame because and there are some people trying to make a, a project, you know, to, to teach people how to use perishvias. The kushishvias, you're eating perisheretzisirul and perishvias, and it's not really it's it's really a, it's a good thing, but you have to know the halachas, you have to know how to do it and and do
2: it well. Mm-hmm. It's been quite a journey over the past few months at Karen Hashfiz. With Shemitah on the horizon, we span the land of Israel, reaching out to hundreds of farmers, urging them to commit themselves to leave their fields. With the promise of support, thousands of farmers pledged to lay down their tools and submit themselves to a higher calling. At the same time, fundraising efforts were launched across the globe for a call to partner with the heroic farmers. Chloe's role answered the call and came through like never before. And then in the twilight hours of the new year, farmers on 363 settlements walked away from their fields. They did the impossible. They abandoned their land and gave up their livelihood. We reached a historic milestone. For the first time in almost 2000 years, of privately owned Jewish agricultural land is lying fallow. The achievement is unprecedented, but we're far from done. We raised enough for the farmers to commit, but it's not enough to get them through the full year. If we don't continually support the farmers, some may buckle under the burden. The sacrifice may become too large, too heavy, and they may not be able to pull through the farmers still need our support. We gave them our word, we won't let them down.
0: Maybe let's go to Karin How? Uh, how, when did it start and who started it? And uh, you know, how did it become such the, you know, the big uh, organization that it is today?
1: Reb Yaman Mendelssohn was the Rov Kiryat Ata, and he was very close to the Chazanish. And a group of soldiers, after the nineteen forty eight war, the War of Independence, got some. We wanted to get some land in Slatimoshav, and he used to come. the The, the told him to go south. They went. They got land around Kamamius, the, the village Kamamius. And they went there, and he used to come to give them shiurim. And they asked him to be their rov, giving up from a rov of a city in Kiryata, which is a significant city at the time, to come to He asked the chazenish. Chazenish encouraged them very much to go. But he says, I'm doing it on one condition, on condition that all the mitzvahs of Tlius Boritz are kept properly. that time, it wasn't also as common, Um But he says we're going to do everything, including shemitah. He went down there. The first year of shemitah, they they, it was the second year that they were there. Was that a shemitah year? And they. didn't have uh, the, the Shemitah year. He says, you can't plant in this year. So they took jobs in, in, in none from Kibbutzim, so on and so, on, so, on, so on. There's building, other things that they can do. He says, the, the things where they weren't on the land, but they kept Shemitah. Came the year after Shemitah, and they wanted to the plant. After Rosh now we can plant. Where are you going to get seeds from? The seeds were Svichim. The seeds you got because they were planted in a Shemitah year. So they went around looking for, uh, they couldn't find. So one of the people who was working in the secular kibbutz, not far from there, saw that they had some rotten seeds from the year before. And uh, they went to to them, they said, look, (laughs) it's it's not gonna grow, but if you want to, you know, we'll, we'll sell it to you for cheap. So they went to the rov, and the rov says yes. Buy the seeds. They bought the seeds for cheap, and they put up a big sign. He says, Zero Shemitah sh sheva. Plant for six years on on the track." There's they put up a big sign. Plant for six years. He says, I got this brother Said we should plant." They planted these rotten seeds, and it started coming out, and it started growing, and it was beautiful to the extent that the um, that the the, the people from the from the second kibbutz came and they saw the produce. they said, We made a mistake. We charge you too little. You really have to charge more. And they wanted to go to it. And the rough says they should actually give them some more money. He says, well, let's keep friendly with them. He says we, they, they actually paid them more money than they had made up because it was the and they had that. So there were individuals who kept Shemitah uh, throughout Eretz Yisrael, most of them not the polyaguda Aguda Yisrael, Moshavim and Kibbutzim, like Shalavim and so on kept shemitah, but otherwise it was it, it What do you call the few few? The, the, their kibbutzim kept kept shemitah, but for the most part in Eretz Yisrael they did hetamachir in in Eretz Yisrael they had machir. Rabbi Yom Mendelson said. Then in his Torah, it doesn't say that shemitah belongs to Agudas Yisrael; it, says it belongs to Klal Yisrael. So the mitzvah of shemitah is not only for us, the few charedim who were who, who farming; it says it's for everybody. So he sent his people. He went and so went around from farm to farm, trying to explain to them that what shemitah is and to encourage them to keep shemitah. Very hard sell. Very, very hard sell, and it was very difficult. And they also they said, "So what are we going to live on? We have no, you know, to live on on Amuna, right?" So he said, "Maybe I'll put together some money. We'll have a, a, a Karen. We'll have a Karen. We'll raise some money, and we'll give some money to the farmers. Can't give them what they would, would normally make, but at least we'll give them some sort of a of, of a milga, some sort of a a, a grant um, to help them out keep Shemitah. and." Slowly, slowly, a few here, a few there. He was able to get farmers to to agree. Like Rafi Mariosev, to the was one of them. And he says they started getting something in nineteen. After he was nifter. In I'm not sure when he was nifter, but at about that time, either before or after, his son Reb Menachem Mendelson, Mendels, who ultimately became the Rov of Comimius afterwards, um, came to. Uh, Bournemouth in England. It was 1979, and uh, they, 1980 was the last Knesset G'daylah of Hagodes Yisrael in Jerusalem. In 1979, about a year before then, uh, the leadership of Hagodes Yisrael throughout the world came together in Bournemouth to plan the Knesset G'daylah. And Rabbi Shara was there, and L'Avda was there, a group from America, a group from from England, from, from England, Erl, where all the countries came. And, and Menachem Mendel Mendelssohn also was there, and he came to Rabbi Shera, and he said to Rabbi Shera, look, this is what my father had started, and we get more and more farmers are beginning to keep Shemitah, but it's very hard if you don't give them a grant, and to give them, at least to help them out a little bit. So. Um, he asked that Rabbi Scherer should help raise money in the United States to help raise money for the Karen Ashvias. And Rabbi Scherer called me over and said to Shmuel, you know, we're going to have to raise money for this. After Mendelssohn Mendelsohn went away, I went to Rabbi Scherer. I said to him, every week somebody comes to you with a great idea and wants to do it and says, except they need money and they want you to help raise money for it. And you tell them, all of them, you have a very big budget as the head of Haggadah Yisrael of America, and a lot of things you're doing, you have to raise a lot of money, and you can't raise money for other projects. Why'd you say yes? And he said that this is different. What type of Eretz Yisrael we're going to have and it's going to be is depending on whether we keep Shemitah. If we keep Shemitah, then we're saying it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's land. And otherwise, it's a land like any other country. He says, then if we, we want to be a country like any other country, like the secular Zionists want to. He says, you know, then Shemitah is the difference. This is a battle we can't get to stay away from. He says, this is something we have to get involved in. And so Agadisha Sural started raising money for the Karanashvias. And from Shemitah to Shemitah, we were able, Baruch Hashem, to get more money, but also more farmers. And the uh, Keren sent Rakhazims and coordinators around the country, like a half a year, a year before Shemitah, to explain to the farmers what Shemitah is and to explain to them how they can do it and to tell them more or less what kind of a grant they give. If they get maybe 30 to 40% of, of what they need. You know, if they, if they, they don't, don't fulfill, and for the most part, don't fulfill what they really need. But at least they give them something, so they have something to start on, so they're not starving. So between savings and and doing other things and having other jobs and 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 and, and, and they're they're able to and some the bracha right so, so they 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 between all of these things they begin to to uh, uh, to have a parnasa so in last shemitah and each year uh, keren soul know, in America who helped them raise they raise money in Eretz they raise money here uh, but uh, in 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 longer the last shemitah this shemitah though there was a major difference. Every shemitah, as I say, the 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 fight was and the work was to convince the farmers to keep shemitah. This shemitah, farmers came to us. I think it's something like in the nineteen thirties and nineteen forties in the United States. It was impossible to keep Shabbos because close down the Shabbos was the best day of the week. To close down the store on Shabbos, you'd starve, you'd go out of business, you'd go bankrupt. More money was made on Shabbos than it was made all the six days of the week. And if somebody would close the store on Shabbos, uh, they would. So, what did people do? They got up seven o'clock in the morning. They went to a hashgma and they davened, right? So they finished at nine o'clock, and then they went to work. They opened this store and they went to work. They had no prayer. There were some Jews who said, maybe, right, they're crazy. But we're Jews. HaKadosh Baruch gave us a Shabbos. HaKadosh Baruch will take care of us. We're going to keep Shabbos. We're going to close our store on Shabbos. And you know what happened? They didn't starve. One way or another, how this arranged arranged? Well, when they had their panos, some, some with more difficulty, but they were able to keep Shabbos. People saw that he did it. The other person, were, you know, I can do it too. Today it's rare. You should have somebody get up at seven o'clock in the morning when he go to daven and so on. Because he sees the Shabbos, you can keep a Shabbos. And he says, the Rebbein helps. He says, That's what happened with Shemitah this year. Each time a farmer kept Shemitah, his neighbor saw that I'm out in the field during the seventh year and I'm working hard, just like in, 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 in some secular kibbutzim. They saw that on, on Shabbos is they didn't work where there's some workers didn't work on Shabbos in, in the Kibbutz. And they said, why should we work on Shabbos? He says, you know, it's equal, if we have to equal work, he, he wants to take a day off. I also want to take a day off. So they stopped working on Shabbos. He says, they started doing Shemitah the same way. Like one farmer told me, he says, until 17 years ago, he never kept Shabbos. He says, started keeping Shabbos. And now I realize that Shabbos is, what do you call That Shemitah is also Shabbos. I mean, there's also Shabbos. I'm, for the first time, he's keeping, and he's not a small farmer. Um, that was part of the, part of the problem we'll discuss, because the 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 you know you work to a farmer has a 20 dunam, 50 dunam, 100 dunam, what do you call as As the, um agriculture changes these days, and you need more investment, the farmers become the farmers becomes more. There are fewer few farmers, and and more and more land that that that, that each farmer has to take. So um, this farmer didn't keep Shabbos till 17 years ago, but now he says, look. He says, now, you tell me to live without Shabbos? I can't live without Shabbos. And he says, I realize Shemitah is also a Shabbos. If you have a hothouse, house? If you have a hamama, a hot house, which produces more, it's more expensive to produce, it produces more, um, their farmers have a business with 10 dunam, dunam is about a quarter acre, 10 dunam, 20 dunam of, of farmers. This farmer has 700 dunam of hothouses. Wow. he's a giant farmer. There's another farmer. There's twenty-one thousand dunum of 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 of, of, wow. that's of, like of over land that goes, that goes acres. potatoes potatoes. the city Brne Brak is seventy-five hundred dunum, right? And this is what he called. He's he's farmer, potato farmer. There's twenty-one thousand dunum. So these are big farmers, and they began to rent with millions of dollars of rent and so on that they're paying, and they realized that. Um, here the, the 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 shemitah they they came to us and said they came to the keren HaShvizh and they said they wanted to keep shemitah. Now the problem that keren l'shvias had is that the grant that the farmers get is based on the amount of land they have and what they grow what they grow on the land. So if you have wheat, barley, some of the grains, you don't have to water them. It's 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 cheap land and cheap produce they get. 150 shekel, well, $50 per dunam for a quarter acre for the year. All right, so, okay, but they have four, 1,000 shekels, 1,000 uh, dunam, 2,000 dunam. But, it's, yeah, uh, but if you have a uh, you uh, get the same amount. Uh, no, he has great, two, three great, acres. He would great. get, what, 500 shekels That's for right. the entire shemitah. Right, so, so, so for, for for a house, he pay 2,800 uh, the uh, shekel for a dunam. So it's so, so it's it it, it it goes, as larger and larger farmers started coming to us, and saying that they wanted to keep Shemitah, the leadership of Keren said, hold on just a minute. The worst thing would be, if we have a, we make a commitment to a farmer, you keep Shemitah, and we're gonna give you X amount, and we don't have the money for it. So the leadership of and HaShviyas and Eretz Yisrael, the month or two before Shemitah, they were getting such requests for Shemitah, they were afraid. He says, they want to stop. They want to tell, look, there's a certain amount of farmers that we're able to, to cover. And, um, and we can't do more than that because the worst thing is they would be the Chil Hashem is if we promise the farmers, and we, we tell the farmers, this is what we plan to give. We never really promise them is we tell them, this is what, 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 what we expect to give you. And then, and, but they expect it. Uh, one farmer, um, uh, this year, there were two partners. Uh, a one was a Shemr Shabbos and what well, the other one was not a Shemr Shabbos and the Shemr Shabbos partner the farmer convinced his non Shabbos partner to to keep Shemitah and um uh, Karen Ashviya said that you know they'll give him a certain amount so he said, okay so he wasn't happy about it but he do it a month two months kinda comes in because they wait to make sure that they're keeping Shemitah before they send the check and they also don't uh, transfer the money to the bank. They write out a physical check and the Rakaz, the coordinator who's in charge of that area, takes the check and brings it to the farm and checks out the farm, sees what's going on there, and so on. And then he physically gives the check to the farm. So um, we had sent out the checks. Karen Ashvias had sent out the checks to the Rakaz and so on. The Rakaz was busy, so it was taking other farms. He didn't. So. And this farm was really getting worried. And also the banks were calling. It was difficult. He says, these Haredim came around, what you call, the beginning of the year. They said they're going to give me money. I don't believe them. you can't trust them. Is if I get that money, I'll tell you what. I'll keep Shabbos. Fifteen minutes later, he gets a call from the house. He says, "A couple of days ago, I had it, but I didn't get a chance. I'm going going. I'm coming to bring you a check." So he kept Shabbos. He kept that Shabbos, the first Shabbos, and then his partner, the Shemesh Shabbos partner, says it's a little bit more independent financially. Said, "I'll tell you what, if you keep on Kemi Shabbos, you can keep the whole check. I'm the, you don't have to give me the Ma'ih." Wow! Right? So this was, uh, at any rate, we come back to the to to the Karen Ashby's leadership. this, and what happened was that the contributions from America was significantly higher. Um, I went to one person and it was COVID. I was in to Acero for eight months, I, hadn't been I didn't know what the economy was like. And I went back to you know to try to to speak to people about giving money for Shavias There was some, one person that gave $150,000 last year to Karen Ashvies. And so I made an appointment with them and I, I spoke to the people in Karen Ashviyas, you know, I don't know what this economy is like and so on. I don't know if we would be able to give as much. Uh, so I'll tell you what, we're going to try, because we have more farmers this time, we'll try to get 50 people to give $100,000 each to start off the campaign. And um, I'll ask him to give $100,000. Okay, so I went there, called him on Monday. <clears throat> he said, when do I want to come? Um, I was away. I said, okay, Thursday." Thursday afternoon, one o'clock, two o'clock, we had an appointment. I come to the office at Thursday and get into a conversation. He had visited his farm last time. And so in the middle of the conversation, he says, "Uh, by the way, how much did I give last time? So I said, okay, last time you gave $150,000. If I wanted to do the same thing this year, to sponsor again the the same farm, how much would it cost me this year? So I said, $250,000. So he said, okay. Okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> so then he continued the conversation. He says, you know, I have five children. They're all married now. I'd like each one of them to sponsor a farm. I'll tell you, I'll give you $360,000. <laughs> and he'll sponsor five farms. I said, okay. Uh, in the course of the conversation, he tells me, that is, I'll tell you what happened. We made up on Monday, we we're gonna meet on Thursday at uh, two o'clock. Thursday uh, at 12.30, one o'clock, he was coming up the elevator in his office and he got a call. A number of years ago, he had made a deal. He had invested $250,000 in a deal. And um, the deal didn't go well. So he figured he lost the money. Somebody came to him and said to him, you know, I'll buy you out of the deal. I'll give you back your $250,000. So my son said, great, let's take it. You know, the deal fell through and we're going to get back and we thought we lost the money. Now we have it. So, And I said, you know, if he's willing to spend $250,000, maybe he knows something that I don't know.
0: Because now already you
1: know that the deal didn't <laughs> right? go through. Yeah. So why is he, yeah. does why, he want yeah. to buy in? Why does he want to buy in? So I'll tell you what, I'll take $100,000. I'll leave $150,000 on the deal. He left $150,000 on the deal. Our appointment was at two o'clock. At 1230, he got a call that they sold the deal for seven times the money. Wow. He's making a million dollars, over a million dollars. So he said, it didn't happen by itself. He says, it's probably because it was of a, or some mitzvah. He says, you're coming up for Shemitah. He says, I already promised the person to bring me the deal, my So 20% I have to give him. He says, but I'm going to give another 20%. So he knew that he was going to give $360,000 before I walked in. Right? Because he had, so that's what started happening. People started coming and the response to the Keren Shaviyas, to to Repentian Kugler, who's the chairman of of, of HaShviyas and the Eretz he said, I see that when there's more land, there's more money. He says when more farmers want to participate, they want to keep shemitah. I see to it that the that 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 sends the bracha from Eretz So He sends it to the Americans, to the British. He says everybody comes, like R' said. He says then they bring the bracha to Eretz yeah,
0: Well, so just to understand, I have the numbers here of. Uh the past couple of Shemitahs. So, the Shemitah in, two, uh, in the year 2000, there were uh, 45,000 acres uh, uh, that was keeping Shemitah. Then in 2007, it grew to 67,000 acres, 67,000 acres, which about 20,000 acres more. And then the next Shemitah in 2014, it grew also by a little bit under uh, to, uh, to uh, 20,000. It grew to 82,000 acres. You so see, for the past three Shemitahs, each time it grew by about Twenty thousand acres more. Now, this past year, it grew from eighty two thousand to a hundred seventy thousand, more than doubled uh, the amount. And also, COVID, also, I'm sure, kind of influenced because people, I'm sure, a lot of them couldn't work for a lot of the time. And also, during the year of Shemitah, they usually find other jobs. So now, Baruch Hashem, you know, halfway, uh, you know, through Shemitah, it's easier to find jobs now. But then, it was still in the middle of COVID. It was much harder to find jobs. So like really it would sound that it would be much harder to get even the original 20,000 that they usually get. But now they, they got close to a hundred thousand new acres uh, of keeping Shemitah. And I'm sure you could just imagine also the budget, I'm sure doubled. And also not only that, but the, the budget that you got from the government because of the economy, um, you know, uh, obviously during Corona, everything changed. So the, the government used to also give a nice amount of money to carnishries and because of corona carnishries weren't even sure of that money they're going to get so also they're come out doubling the amount of money that they're going to need to raise and also now a huge chunk of the money is not going to come so it's like it's tripling the amount of money that they're going to need to raise but it's still somehow like it's happening so how 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 is it explained like could you explain such a thing
1: well, the the explanation is a story. It's, it's all Seyat of the Shemaya. It's all Seyat of the Shemaya. Um, the, um, in the end, by the way, even that was also of the Shemaya, despite this government, despite the government didn't want. In the end, the government, they don't give the money to Karen but they give the money to the farmers. The government gave the same amount to, to the farmers that they, that they did. Wow. We didn't expect it. We didn't think we'd have it. But the, the B'nai Shem Holt, we had the Seyat of the Shemaya that the government also had to... Was, got forced into it, so they got forced into it. They ended up giving also to the farmers. And I know from America, um, the uh, last Shemitah, two Shemitahs ago, we raised $4 million for Karen Ashwiz. Last Shemitah, we raised $10 million. And this Shemitah, because we have so many more farmers and so on, and because the, the shekel is worth less and, and so on, we need $35 million wow. to raise. And um, when we originally started, I told the chairman and Eretz Yisrael, to Markowitz, I told them, you know, that, uh, let's set a goal. Last time we did twenty million, ten million. Let's set a goal of twenty million. He says, no, but we need thirty-five million. And so we have to set the goal for thirty-five million. He says, we'll, we'll have to set it. We'll have to work out to do it. Now we're halfway Shemitah. Baruch Hashem, we've already raised twenty-four million dollars. Wow. on the way to thirty-five. There's still still a, a big gap to go. But we believe with Siat HaKadosh Baruch Hu is gonna help and and uh, and and Jews will respond. And uh and and Eretzis. so there was a farmer who pointed out uh Chaim. one of the reasons we the, the the campaign was to get so much land at this time and we were able to Chaim had asked that the that Karnashvias work to try to get Half of the private land, the Moshav land, is the way they're not in the kibbutzim, and, and the, the others were. But like half of the land of Eretz so at least, Raya should be able to keep Shemitah. and that was, you know, a big campaign, you know, to try to to to, to get them with the farmers coming forth and so on. As the farmer pointed out, that Reb Chaim Kenevsky was nifta on the day after Rave of shmita, in the middle of Shemitah on the. On the day of and there's 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 a um, uh, uh, there's a a, a mocher we bring that that in if somebody is nifter in a shemitah year there's no chibut kever as the the land rests vishovso oritz so there's also no chibut kever in in, in a shemitah year, so there's this is big school to die in the shemitah. Uh, <laughs> okay. means the, the earth uh, eats up the, the what do you call the effects of the the the, the, the body. He says, and it bangs the body. What do you call it? It bangs the body, but the, the land is resting. So there's no chibat You bury Neretz on the shemitah year. It's a special source.
0: Was it? How how did you uh, you mentioned that when Rambam Sheshar you know, back in you know 1970s, 80s, that when Reb Mendelssohn came to Rib and asked him to start raising. So you were you took part of it, What well, did uh since then Taka you 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 every Shemitah, you were involved with Karnashvias?
1: Yes, and Leshmita Lashmita, Le we had a meeting, I'd already Left Agudis originally was a part of Agudis Israel, so I did it as a as a, as a part of my work for Agudist Israel. Agudis of America raised money for Karen Ashvias. Last um, I had already left um, my position in Agudis Israel and they asked me to organize a committee. I organized the committee, and the committee met, met with the Aguda people and so on, and decided to make it an independent organization. So now it's not tied to, uh, directly to the Aguda anymore. It's a separate 501c3, a separate corporation um, the, that raises money for Karen Ashvias. And we had a meeting last Shemitah in, um, in the, the house of Reb to discuss the fact that we need the money to help the farmers before the last Shemitah. And in the middle of the meeting, and there was a group of people around. Chaim pointed to me and said, It's your mitzvah. Right? So at that time, I asked him, um, You know, it's my mitzvah. The yeshivas were suffering that time. Also, it was a difficult government uh, uh, situation in, in Eretz Yisrael. And I said, How am I going to ask people to give money to farmers as we keep Shemitah? Um the when when the uh, you know the, the yeshivas need money, have to support Torah, and someone that's stuck should go for that. And he said, One depends on the other. So I said, What does that mean? He says, The guula comes through Shvias. It's the guula for everybody, what he called for for the Yeshivas, for Torah, everything. If Kal Yisrael keeps Shemitah, everything else will fall into place.
0: Are there any farmers? I'm sure you said that now. There's many farmers that come, you know, on their own to Karenashevius. But do you see any like any farmers that stop keeping shemitah after they keep it uh, for one or two shemitas?
1: Yes, there are farmers that keep, not many, and and now that Karenashevius has been more successful in giving the grants and so on, less and less. But and the saying is very great um, this year. The, I mean, the Chazaynish is to uh, what's called Zvriya Mokdemet. If you plant before Shemitah, uh, wheat, barley, oats, um, grains, if you plant it before Shemitah, you put the seeds in the ground before Shemitah, and it grows during Shemitah, before it becomes machalodam, before it becomes edible for men, it's, it's shachas, it's feed for animal. And if you cut it off while it's feed for animal through a night's abezin, you can use that for feed for animals. So there are many farmers who rely on the Khazinish and plant what they call Zerim They plant the seeds in the ground before Rosh Hashanah, which is especially this year was very early. And very often the seeds get wasted. They get you know till it starts raining, nothing happens. Um, and if it doesn't rain till till much later, the the birds eat up the seeds and so on. It's it's it's, it's a risky uh, type of thing, but they they do it. Um, and sometimes it grows. And if it becomes well, shachas. If you cut it down before it becomes edible for humans, you're allowed to use it. It's, again, it's a little bit extra paranoia for the farmers. This year it rained early, and it rained heavily. It was a beautiful crop. And the wheat, the barley, the oats that they had grain, that they had planted, uh, was growing very nicely. And then something happened. There was a war in Ukraine. Russia is fighting Ukraine. Most of the wheat for the world, including Eretz comes from Ukraine and Russia. The price of wheat tripled. The Department of Agriculture Ertisoro, called up these farmers. And said, let the wheat grow for human crops so we can have it. And we'll pay you triple the price. Because one farmer, he would have gotten a million shekel if he let it grow. But it's Svechum, not allowed to. Not allowed to eat it. So they have to make a decision. But Nisoyan is very great.
0: I mean, a million shekel, it's not a a
1: million (laughs) shekel for one farmer. Right, and, and 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 there are many farms. Each one of the farmers, if their plants grew well, and they did grow well, and they have to make sure to cut it back before it it, it becomes machalodim. And if you don't, you know, then it's a slichim. But slichim is very very lucrative. It's like a lot of you can get a lot of money for, for for today. And to the best of my knowledge, at the last I checked, not one farmer let it grow. They all they're cut. Now's the time that they're cutting it down, and they all cut it down while it's shachas. They use for animal feed.
0: Is there any work that Karen Hsvies does outside of Shemitah, like during the six years? Or is it just, you know, obviously a little bit before is going around to getting farmers and starting raising money. But is there a work where it kind of shuts down for four or five years till the next week?
1: Rabbentin Kugler, who's the, the chairman of Karen and Eretz he was actually born in Kamamius, And the Kamameus asked him to 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 take over the, the project. He's uh, the head of Chavadat, uh, it's a major. Uh, 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 educational institution in 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 Yerushalayim, and he is makbid that we close down the office. The Karen a few months a few months after Shavuos because the farmers needed into at least till Hanukkah time they don't make any money, right? So so the, it continues a few months after the we continue helping the farmers. But once we stop, you can't write a head check or you have a a, a credit card to be paid. Um, after like uh, maybe six months after Shemitah, the Karen because the office closes down, office closes down between Shemitah wakes up again uh, a year year and a half or so to, to a year and a half two before the next Shemitah, but he says Karen is dedicated to the one thing, to helping farmers during Shemitah, and uh, during that time, and, and 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 that's what we should keep.
0: So maybe just to finish off, um, you know, obviously you deal with these uh, with the farmers. I these people are almost incredible just to, like, leave it's really more than a year because until you start seeing a profit, just like, oh, you know, no business, no income, and you still have, you know, to pay you. Sometimes you have worker insurance and different stuff. So what? what is the inspiration that, like, we could take from from this uh, thing that, you know, that you go around, you speak to these farmers, they're kind of like, what? Well, what what could we take to our lives and learn and grow from from this incredible mitzvah that these people are doing?
1: Well, I I encourage anybody who comes there to so and any Americans coming to come to meet with a farmer. It is the farmers. It's such an inspiration to see them. As one farmer said, you know, the the uh, uh, one farmer who who started keeping shemitah because two Jews from the neighborhood met him before Shemitah, and it was a long story, the Dorun, yeah, the, Dorun, Dorun Dorun Zweig, right? when I go, maybe you met him with Doron Twike, right? He says, like, he says the, for 2,000 years, we were misspelled, we wanted to come to Eretz Yisrael. And we want to come to Eretz why? Why Eretz Yisrael, why not Uganda? Why not any place else? Because it's a Kodesh land, and we have the Mitzvah Satli sports and we can keep Shemitah, and very, very few farmers can keep Shemitah, few people can keep Shemitah, less than 1% of the people is so they feel that they're doing this for Kali Yisrael. They're the only ones in Kali Yisrael who can keep this mitzvah. The 613 mitzvahs, not everybody can do any of them. And there, nobody can do all of them. And everybody has to, we have to join together. We have to be a part of Kali Yisrael. And here they're doing this part of Klausur, but they're showing their they their talking. We have to realize that when we have jobs and we're working, we make them with the money, is the money, the shtadlus that we do is only, is just, is just for show the mice is, HaKadosh Baruch is the one who provides the parnós. HaKadosh is the one who gives us everything we have and we have to appreciate and we have to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the farmers know how to, Is the, they've learned how to, to, there was one farmer um, who uh, had a fight with an Arab and an Arab came and poisoned his fields, took poison and put all over his fields and he had an, ag- an agronomist come and they said that nobody would be able to, uh, he said, you won't be able to grow anything for five to six years. And he went to Reb Pinchas Abba and Abu Chatzairah said that he should plant. So he planted, and it, it, it didn't grow. So he came back to Reb Pinchas Abba and he says, look, I planted, I looked at it, it's dying, it's, it's, it's not growing, they see the poison is working. He says, you didn't look well enough. He says, Go, look again. And he looked again, he went there, and it started growing. And it was growing and so on, and he had, he was very successful, so he wanted to make a suda do. A, a, a and he was invited to come to his farm to make a suda seydur. And the said, he says, if you want to make a suda to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for what he did here, you have to keep Shemitah. That's the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, this is the way we show. We have to have, a, we can get on a plane, not in COVID time. And from the United States in 12 hours, you come to Eretz Yisrael and you can be by the Kaisal. How do you say thank you to HaKadosh Baruch He says, How can, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, the way that you say thank you is by keeping shemitah. He says, so this is the 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 mitzvah of amuna bitochen, the belief, and also we should be to the time that everybody keeps shemitah eretz yisrael.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. If you would like to help us spread the word, give this video a thumbs up and a five star review. Also, don't forget to ask your friends to subscribe as well. If you'd like to partner with us and sponsor an episode, send an email to info at jfoundations.com. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. We will see you in the next video.